Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Spring 2011 EMS Authors Podcast Series, brought to you by Jones and Bartlett Learning. My name is Bill Kimball. While at the EMS Today Exposition, I had a chance to sit with a number of Jones and Bartlett authors to discuss the materials they've collaborated with Jones and Bartlett on. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Clay Richmond, author of Special Events Medical Services. Thanks for joining us today, Clay. Can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background? Oh, certainly. My name's Clay Richmond. I've um, been in EMS for 20 years. I'm an EMT paramedic. I got my start in Franklin Pierce University in uh, Ringe, New Hampshire. There was an uh, incident on campus, and I wasn't EMT yet, and I was intrigued by how the on-campus EMT squad handled it. So I took the course the next semester, joined the EMT squad, uh, spent three years on the EMT squad up there. When I left, I was actually the EMT coordinator. I was offered a position with Baltimore City Fire Department as a paramedic in 93, and I went to work for Baltimore City Fire Department on Medic 7, which at the time was the busiest medic in the country. I actually requested to work there, so they knew they had one at the time. <laughs> um, in 96, I responded to a uh, to a, an event in Baltimore City. It was one of those hot summer days, and every unit was busy. And, you know, we were the closest unit, and we were at the under, other side of town. And the call came in, and, you know, they told us to take it. And it took us a long time to get there. A uh, person had a massive uh, heart attack, and when we got there, um, there was nothing we could do. We, you know, we worked them, took them to the hospital. Months later, you know, of course, you know, the lawyers and everybody calling. And somebody made an offhanded comment that just kind of rang true with me. said, if somebody pretended like they cared, um, we wouldn't be here right now. So that was the start of Special Events Medical Services. Um, I put together a business plan. I submitted it to the city to do bicycle-mounted medics. They weren't interested. So I took my plan, and I launched uh, Special Events Medical Services in 1996. We really didn't get up and run until 1997. Since then, we've been involved with well over 5,000 events. The most notable are, you know, we did the 2009 presidential inauguration. We've done every gubernatorial uh, inauguration in Maryland. You name it, we've pretty much been involved in it. We do all the major universities in Maryland, a number of the major universities in D.C., and we're pushing into southern Pennsylvania and northern Virginia right now. Excellent. Thank you. And why did you decide to write Special Events Medical Services? Well, to be quite honest with you, it was at first I was hesitant to do it. I, I really didn't want to didn't want to write it because essentially it's trade secrets. And I'd spent you know 16 years of my life perfecting the the formula for providing effective care to special events, and I didn't want to give it away. It was a trade secret. This is what people were hiring me to do. Um, I talked to my dad and I talked to Jones and Barlow. I talked to some other trusted advisors, and they brought up a couple of very good points. One, you know, as a businessman. And as a business, it doesn't hurt to be the recognized subject matter expert. But two, there's a greater good. There's always a greater good that you have to look out for. And no matter where you go, you always see everybody's involved in events, and everybody does it this way, and they do it that way. Do this. I'm not saying one way is right, one way is wrong. But I'm saying as a paramedic, and since we're used to protocols and we like guidance, if there was a set standard, that at least a minimum standard which we could start planning our events from, we could, you know, that's helpful to the industry. Not only does it improve our responses, it also improves our patient care and the outcome of the patients. Can you explain the components, such as the book and online course of Special Events Medical Services? The way we, I break the book down, the way I break down a response is, you know, pre-planning, day of, and post. And it, it seems very, very simple, but pre-planning is the most important part of any, any response. So the book spends a great deal of time, the first if I'm not mistaken, five to eight chapters on pre-planning. And we get in-depth into it. And 
we tell you all the components, we give you the formulas, we tell you the questions to ask, we give you background on how we even came to these questions, we tell you, we give you data, things like that. Anything to help you just when you're sitting in these meetings and you're asking people these questions to help gather that information. Then the second part of the book is set up where we start to address individual events, um, the nuances of individual events, like rodeos and 5Ks and 10Ks and things that EMS providers are going to be involved in at some point. Along with the book, there is the online component, which, you know, it's beneficial to, to the provider because we get continuing education hours and we all need continuing education hours, not only to maintain our certifications, but to continue to provide better care to our, to our patients. There's also a new component that we're putting out in conjunction with the book uh, called the Sims Nation, which has a number of online components we would like to call our online learning community. And you'll also be able to find on um, the Sims Nation information about a software package that we're releasing, which will take you step-by-step step through the pre-planning process, the actual event process, and the wrap-up component. Clay, can you tell us why it's important for an EMS professional to, to participate in a special events medical services course? I would, I would say let's, we can use the word important and beneficial as the same word in this discussion right now. And the reason why it's, let's say it's beneficial whether you're an EMS provider or a manager is that in the world that we exist in right now, a substandard response is never, ever going to be tolerated again. So gone are the days where someone calls you up or calls your service or you volunteer uh, to do a standby and you just show up, you go to sleep in your unit, or there's no real plan. You just show up, you spend the day, you get a T-shirt, you eat, and you go home. Those days are gone. Now, I had to point out something, and everybody listening to this podcast, everybody who has any kind of medical certification, at some point in your career, you've been asked to stand by an event, whether it's for your kids, uh, your kids' school, or a club they belong to, or a full-blown special event. And, you know, we were never taught the proper way to provide care at a special event in our training courses or in our initial certification. And this is just supplemental information. You know, you, you go back to school and you learn how to, the newest things in ACLS. You go back and you learn the newest things in CPR. Now it's time to go back to school and learn the newest things and the best way to provide a, a structured response, a reproducible structured response to special events and large gatherings. Since 9-11, we hate to say it, but people are a lot more sensitive when they're in crowds. And, you know, if your service or you were at an event and the response did not go pristine, and when I say pristine, you're being gauged against the response they saw on television that day. It's not a reasonable, we're not held to a reasonable standard in EMS anymore. We're held to a standard, oh, um, when something happened on TV, the provider was right there, right right away, before the commercial. And when the commercial came back, they had them packaged, and they looked really good, and they were professional, and they had them off to the hospital. That's the standard we're being held toward. So if your standard isn't on par with what they see on television, you're going to have a problem. And we all know that the public is just not tolerating less than professional conduct from not only EMS, but from any public servants anymore. So that's why it's most beneficial. And then even if you've never been involved in the event, just to be better at your profession, to be the definition of professional. You know, you want to know, you want to be on the cutting edge, you want to be out there. If you're a professional, you're in this profession you're doing every day, there shouldn't be anybody, in my opinion, there shouldn't be anybody around that knows more about your profession than you. You should be the authority. Thanks, Clay. That was a great response. Why did you choose to work with Jones and Bartlett Learning, and what's been your experience so far? Well, I chose to work with Jones and Bartlett Learning. Um, there really wasn't a choice. I talked to those guys first, and it was a it was a nice, casual back and forth. There was no hard sell. Um, when I first um, told them that I didn't really want to do this project because I was giving away trade secrets, they didn't freak out. They didn't put the hard sell on me. They didn't 
start, you know, trying to manipulate me or anything like that. They, they respected my decision. They just said, if you change your mind, you know, let us know. I thought about it overnight. It wasn't a long time. I came back and I talked to them again. And they, once again, they were very patient and very understanding with me. And I explained to them, I said, look, you know, I may be the quote unquote subject matter expert, but I'm not a very good writer. I mean, I'm a college educated man, but my my degrees in uh, finance and math, I, I can't write for anything. They said, no, don't worry about it. We work with people like you all the time. You put your ideas on paper. We have people who massage it. And to say that to get this project started, because I was completely new to this and I was getting advice from a lot of people that I shouldn't have been getting advice from, even through that entire process, they never once lost their patience with me. And they, I got excellent support the entire time. Um, just to share a story with you, one of the things you see in the book are case studies. And for the life of me, I could not get how to write a case study. So I was working with Carol, who was my editor on this. And she, the way she put me at ease, the way she had me write the case studies was, at first, genius. we just start talking, and then I'd say, hey, this reminds me of the story. And she'd listen to my war stories. And then at the end of my war story, she said, okay, cool, I got the case study. So then for my war story, she would derive the case study. So there was never any pressure on me. Um, I, I hope to undertake some more writing projects, have some more ideas, and there was, there's no one I would ever, no other publisher I would ever even consider working with other than Jones and Barlow, because they're, you get all the support pre, during, and post, post book. Um, they're incredibly patient, and I couldn't, I couldn't, if you're an author, you have to come to Jones and Barlow. There's just no other real choice. Thanks, Clay. I really appreciate you taking some time to speak with us today. No problem. Well, that concludes this episode of the Spring 2011 EMS Authors Podcast Series by Jones & Bartlett Learning. We've been speaking with Clay Richmond, author of Special Events Medical Services. To learn more about Special Events Medical Services, visit go.jblearning.com slash SEMS. That's go.jblearning.com slash SEMS, S-E-M-S. Jones & Bartlett Learning, a division of Ascend Learning, is a world-leading provider of instructional assessment and learning performance management solutions for the secondary, post-secondary, and professional markets. To learn more about Jones & Bartlett Learning, visit the corporate website at www.jblearning.com.